0: Good morning, Mercy House. We have a God that cuts through iron like no problem. Isn't that amazing? Praise God for that. So I want to start by congratulating you all this morning. I was looking at the news, and at Westfield Air Force Base this morning, it was minus 19, which broke the record of minus one back in the sixties, so you guys are officially attending church, and you're breaking a record. So that is that is awesome. Thanks for coming out. Again, uh, my name is Chris. I'm one of the elders here. It is awesome to be able to deliver this message of Psalms to you all this morning. I think most of you know that Pastor Robert does a significant amount of his own fundraising, so he's away. I'm honored to fill in, and I'm praying for a fruitful trip and safe travels as he returns. I talked to Robert yesterday over the phone, and we were just talking about the sermon a little bit and what he has going on. He's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I think he had planned today two sermons, two lunches, two coffees. I mean, he is working it. Um, How thankful I am that and we should all be thankful For these outside contributors to Robert and our church's mission, I'm so thankful for what God has done. This morning's scripture is Psalms 107, as it was read, one of the longest psalms. It is a tour de force, if you read it and really look at it. It demands introspection from the reader, especially the Christian reader. It begs a question, which is on the surface a simple question Are you thankful? And if so, if you answer yes to this question, then what are you thankful for? What are you truly thankful for? As I reflect on the Psalms and the completion of another Christmas season, I think about everything and everyone I'm thankful for, and I am so blessed. But in the flurry of the post-Christmas reality, I find myself fairly excellent at thanking people for just stuff, and not even being truly thankful for the awesomely important things in my life, like what God has done for me. Oh, I'm incredibly thankful for a little tchotchke or trinket I received as a Christmas gift, and I seem to have plenty of time and energy to whip off a quick note or a text and thanks But how is it in my fallen state that do I possibly have zero time to pray and thank God for even the breath of life? We are all blessed in that we have a God that sent His Son for you and for me. That is amazing. This need for Christ, this absolute requirement for the Christ child to have come down here for my salvation And then my crying out in thanksgiving for this miracle is the very essence of this Psalms, chapter 107. And like clockwork, this is another Old Testament excerpt that points to the future Christ. Are you thankful for what God has done? A cool thing my family and I attend every summer is Soul Fest, which is this amazing Christian festival. It's a music festival in New Hampshire up in the mountains of, uh, of Lake Winnipesaukee. Anyone heard of it? Anyone ever attended? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I highly recommend it. It's great. Uh, it's family-friendly. The food is good. Uh, there's good speakers. The setting is beautiful. The mountain is beautiful. The lake is stunning. And we have a great time. And one of my family's favorite performers, I have two younger daughters, uh, is Toby Mac. Anyone listen to Toby Mac? This is a confessional right now. I listen to Toby Mac. I'll just say it. He's kind of like the Justin Timberlake of Christian pop music, but he's a fantastic performer. He's electric on stage, and his message is inspired. In 2004, he released a song titled Burn for You, which alludes to our need for Christ as sinners and how we are to be thankful for him, kind of like Psalms 107. The song goes like this. Woke up in a sweat, those ghosts in my head. Had a grip, but I slipped on by. It's a whole new day as the darkness fades. As the sun's climbing in the sky. I concede my love, then I need your love. I'm before you a broken man. And it's only you, no substitutes. Who can renew the soul again? I see parallels to Psalms 107 here, all over. Woke up in a sweat, those ghosts in my head. Someone here is battling demons. Those demons had a grip, but he slipped out, he slipped on by. It's a whole new day as the darkness fades, as the sun's climbing in the sky. There's hope, there's brightness, there's the sun again. I'm before you, a broken man. I concede that I need your love. There's submission there. We first have to admit it. And it's only you, no substitutes, who can renew the soul again. I think it's beautiful, and I think it fits in nicely. The writer of Psalms 107 is typically recognized as King David, and I appreciate David as the prototypical Renaissance man or polymath. Anyone heard this term, familiar with this term of a Renaissance man? I think of a person, obviously obviously, it doesn't have to be a man, it can be a woman, of significant, varied talents like Leonardo da Vinci, who is a painter, sculptor, inventor, uh, anatomist, physicist. Benjamin Franklin's another one, one of the founders of our country. Isaac Newton, Albert Schweitzer, more modern day people like Oprah Winfrey or Maya Angelou. These people are rare and special. David was kind of like that. I put David in this category of a transformative, multi-talented person, a political leader, a warrior, a poet, a musician, a skillful harp player, a singer, and of course the writer of Psalms, but a flawed man who loved the Lord. It is easily recognizable here what a powerful and effective poet and writer David is. as he uses technique that, in an extremely pointed way, gets the point across and it sticks. David, this Renaissance man, this man of multiple talents, uses repetition here in Psalms 107, as well in his other writings for emphasis so what is he repeating here what is he trying to get across what is he saying over and over in an effort to not allow you to forget his motivations in writing this chapter his emphasis his laser beam focus here is on man's turning away from god reaching a low point of wallowing in sin or pain crying out to god for help and God delivering healing every time. Not once, but every time. Repetition. God delivers, and David wants us to be thankful. Look with me at the scripture again. Verse 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. This chapter starts with the first of many thanksgivings before delving into problems that all people face. Nothing bad has happened yet, but we're thanking him. So there's several pictures that David paints here, almost like a portrait. The first picture is a wanderer, homeless, without food, without city, but then fed and delivered home. Please appreciate here with me the obvious alluding to the Israelites wandering in the desert, seemingly having nowhere to go, and David almost pointing a finger in the ancient reader's chest, don't you forget. Not an accident, I believe, that the wanderer is the first example in Psalms 107. Very obvious, I think, the analogy here. Do you ever feel like a wanderer, you sitting here? right now, kind of wandering through life, lacking for purpose. Many of us have felt like this at different points in our lives. I I would imagine almost everyone here has felt like that. Well, if you feel lost, God has a plan for you, and he will deliver you from this feeling of being lost. Turn to him. Verse 6 goes on, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Verse 8, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. Now we're getting into some repetition. David is trying to hit home for his wondrous works for the children of man. Are you thankful right now for what God has done? The second picture in the passage is of a rebellious prisoner In chains, shackled, in the dark, hopeless, but then he is delivered, set free. You might think for yourself, I've never been in jail, I'm a good person, this can't apply to me. I might challenge that. This section could speak to the actual incarcerated person, but this morning today, do you feel shackled, trapped, do you feel like a prisoner? Are you racked by anxiety, worry, or addiction? Are you crippled by depression? God has a plan for you, and he will deliver you from your pain. Turn to him, David writes. Verse 13 goes on, And they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Verse 15, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. Again, thank the Lord for his wondrous works to the children of man. Are you thankful in your life for what God has done? The third picture in the passage is of a person afflicted, racked with disease, at death's door. I can't ignore the imagery of someone unable to eat. They are so sick they can't eat. But also, someone that has turned from God and is also refusing spiritual food and has turned their back on Him. But here again, they are delivered, healed, set free of illness. Are you this morning suffering from illness, chronic pain, a pending surgery, or have you simply stopped praying or reading your Bible? Have you stopped talking? to him, taking in the spiritual, life-giving food of the Word of God. Have you just stopped? Have you given up? God has a plan for you, and he will deliver you from your sufferings. Just turn to him. Verse 19 goes on, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Verse 21 Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. By the way, just going back, who else taught like this? Who else painted pictures? Who else told stories and used analogies? Jesus did. This is like the template right here. It's so beautiful that this is the preview of what we'd see in the Gospels. But is anyone starting to see a pattern here? this is us as sinners this is us as as much as we want to run from it don't want to admit it deny it this is us the ancient people of israel that denied god doubted god built false idols ran from god this is us this is our modern day sinful nature in a lot of ways nothing has changed Ancient Judah and 2018 Amherst, except for the much better Wi-Fi, does not seem that different. For those that don't know me, just a little bit about myself or what I do. I'm an oral maxifacial surgeon by trade, and I'm part of a group practice here in the Valley. And my, my job is incredibly rewarding in that I am put in the, the fortunate position of having the means to help people on a daily basis, treating all different types of uh, pathology, diseases of the mouth, jaws, and facial structures. Anesthesia is also a large part of my practice in treating pain and anxiety. But in thinking about this third picture of the sick and hopeless, as a doctor, I am not the first step in treatment. The patient has to come to me They have to pick up the phone or log on to our website and register and make an appointment. They have to recognize that there is a problem, accept it, and reach out before they can get better. A similar process here with restoration in God in David's example. Their sufferings do not end until they cry out for help. Of course, God is the master physician with all healing going through him. The fourth picture in the passage is of a person overwhelmed with life. Sound familiar? Unable to go on, not able to deal, like the phrase, I can't even. You hear that? This passage is also a Mariner's favorite, Because it describes a ship in trouble, nowhere to turn, and with God's direct intervention, the sea is calmed and their lives are saved. Is there no better imagery of the modern life than a boat on the rough seas being tossed back and forth? Is this representative of your life right now? Do you feel totally out of control? Do you feel like drowning? I think we've all felt like this from time to time. Is school overwhelming? Do your grades stink? Are you struggling with debt? Have you mismanaged the resources God has given you? Is anyone in this room ready to give up? Just throw in the towel? Are you done? God has a plan for you. And he will deliver you from your struggles, no matter how massive they seem turn to Him. Verse 28, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. Verse 31, let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. God had control over the seas. Are you thankful for what God has done in your life? As I was preparing for this morning, I performed an exhaustive search of anywhere in the Bible that promises that accepting Christ into my life, being baptized in the church, or living an upright life will eliminate all my earthly worries and problems. How do you think I did? It was a massive fail. I couldn't find anything describing this no surprise. But I didn't give up. I wanted this to be true in my sinful nature. Couldn't I just check a box and make it all go away? So I persisted. I then did a detailed search in all of the Christian literature I could find, looking for anywhere it states that attending church weekly and maybe not cheating on my taxes will also erase my problems and make life easier. Suffice to say, I did not do well. Do you know why? Because it's a lie. It's not true. In fact, David writes about a completely different experience here, doesn't he, that helps to explain the Christian walk. C.S. Lewis in 1954, who incidentally lost his wife to cancer, wrote, Every story of conversion is the story of a blessed defeat. It's not that in this sinful world, we won't be hungry or lost or displaced, because sometimes we will. We've all experienced it. It's that God deliver us. He delivers us from our wanderings. And it's taking the long view in that our rewards are eternal. It's not a drive-through order. Our rewards are not of this earth. It's not that on this earth we won't succumb to illness or be hospitalized or suffer from physical weakness or pain. Lord knows my family and other families in this very sanctuary have suffered in this way. It's that God delivers us from these hurts. Many of us had stood at that side of that hospital bed, hearing the doctor say there's nothing more they can do. I experienced this with my dad, and it took a long time. Thankfully, our forever rewards are in the kingdom. Are you thankful for this? Colossians one seventeen says that all things hold together in Christ. If Christ let go... All matter would disintegrate. He is the author, and he's the giver of life. We are dependent on him for our next breath or our next heartbeat. But often we forget this, or we really don't believe. I and mean, when we kind of know it, and we just kind of forget it, and we just go on with our lives, and we don't thank him. We blame God. We turn away from him and grow bitter because he allows trials, tough trials, to come into our lives. Yet it is often these very trials that God puts in place as a means for our salvation or growth in grace. These problems bring us to the end of our rope or to the end of our own resources so that we are forced to call upon God for help, just like Psalms 107. Just like the mariner lost at sea. Just like the forlorn the hungry wanderer, just like the hopeless prisoner in the dark, just like the patient with a terminal disease, the only thing left to do is to call upon God for help. The fallen human race, I think if you boil it down, has a basic problem. We think that we're self-sufficient. In this prideful state, it is impossible us to be thankful. We are not self-sufficient, of course, but we think we are. God has to bring us to an awareness of our need to be totally dependent upon Him. The psalmist paints a portrait of people in difficult circumstances. They are overwhelmed with an unsolvable problem. They cry out to God in prayer. He answers their prayer with his provision. And then there is an exhortation to praise God for what he has done. Each group approaches humanity from a slightly different angle. But we can all relate in different ways. We are the wanderers, the prisoners, the sick, the overwhelmed, and the doubtful. And we all have access to this vehicle of deliverance. That is the good news. The curtain was torn. A new covenant was born. The animal blood sacrifice is no more because of the cross. The cross happened. This is the lightning bolt of the Christian life. That the cross actually happened He is the vehicle of our deliverance from the hurt, pain, uh, loss, and disease. So Christ on the cross is what I'm thankful for when we come to this table. I remember His blood that was spilled, His body that was broken for me. Even the Son of God didn't escape the physical sufferings of this fallen world but his death and rebirth sin is defeated with that so while they were eating we're going to take communion shortly while they were eating Jesus took the bread gave thanks and broke it and gave it out saying take and eat this is my body then he took a cup and he gave thanks he gave it to them and he said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So shortly, we are going to take communion. And how it works, there will be two plates and two rows, one on either side of the aisle. And you'll take the bread and cup and go back to your seat around the side. If you are new to the church or if you've Heard all this for just the first time, or if you're just not sure, we're glad you're here. We're so glad that you are here. We invite you to stay in your seat. If you have any questions, I'll be staying after uh, along with uh, some of the other uh, regular attenders here. Or if you have a friend that came with you, ask questions. Ask questions. That's how it starts. Some of us will be in the back during the last songs if you have something you want to pray about or you want to be prayed for, a group of us will be in the back and we'd be happy to pray with you. So let's pray first and then we'll take communion. Dearly Father, we are thankful for your Son that was sent. We're thankful for the blood that was spilled and the body that was broken for us. Lord, just to allow that to to impress on our hearts on a daily basis that we don't forget, that we don't take that for granted, your grace. We're so thankful for, for your grace and your forgiveness and looking after us every day, even when we deny you, Lord. Have this be a meditative time where hearts are softened and eyes are opened. In Jesus' name, amen.